Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Yeah, this is James Loving. Welcome to Loving Sports Talk, it's a pleasure to do this show today. Uh, hey, you okay? I'm here today. Well, Who are you? I gotta call you, you Katie, so we can mix up with Chris, I guess. Okay, and guess what? I, I had this guest on a while ago, and we gotta talk about that. And I was so stunned, you know, talking to him, but I, I woke him up because where he was at the time was different. But, you know, he took time out to do the show, you know what I'm saying, Kay? Absolutely. Always well, good thing to have. I want to introduce all my listeners out there, my guests. I'm returning. I finally got a whole double, track them down, but I'd like to introduce um, Chris McMillan. Hey, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you? <laughs> good to have you back on. <laughs> hey, it's good to be back on, man. It's been a while. I haven't talked to you since I was at uh, the University of Hawaii about three or four years ago. <laughs> Before we get to... Well, your show and get the question talking about the ball and the ball. I got a bonus picture too. Uh oh. You were going to the show and you was out there in the sun and hanging out on the beach. It made me feel bad. Come on, Chris. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you took time because I think it was like nighttime or something when we did the show, wasn't it? And you were out there, wasn't it? It was the time was different. It might have been. I'm not really sure, man. Again, you know, for me, it was so long ago. It could have been nighttime, daytime. I'm not really sure. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. You took the time and you did it. But let's get started. You know, uh, I want, you know I'm going to throw some at you, Chris, my co-host. They're going to throw at you. You know, we, all, we like um, funny and share, you know, like me. <laughs> except, except I don't have the long hair. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. But I want to start off and then Chris, I'm going to start off for it, man. You know, she, you know, don't follow every people mine. But, um, hey, you from, you, like, UW, you know, like, UW, I went there, you went there, and, you know, unbelievable, the stats, and you played up for your starter, um, two-time conference champion there, for your captain, you know. How was it? My question to you, Chris, how was it, you know, I know when I first got one, I'm like, where the hell I'm at? How was it when you first got there? What were you thinking? You know what, man? When I first got to the University of Wyoming, it, was, uh, it wasn't really a culture shock to me. You know, I grew up in Orange County, California, you know, in the suburbs. I didn't really come from the inner city. So going there for me wasn't really too much of a culture shock. Um, I wanted to actually get out of the city. I knew if I had gone somewhere too big and played or been in a college environment that uh, my academics probably wouldn't have been a priority. So it was good for me, man. I loved it. You know, it's one of those schools that <clears throat> it's in a, a very small community. The uh, the enrollment is largely, uh, you know, in terms of the school is concerned, is, or the city is concerned, is mostly students. So if you really wanted to have a good time, you could still do that. Denver was only 90 minutes away. So it kind of gave me the best of both worlds. So I can focus on my academics, but if I wanted to have a good time, I could still do that as well. Okay. 
But you have all that wind you got to deal with. How did you ever learn to deal with that? With the wind? Yes. Well, I don't think you ever learn to deal with the wind there. I no. mean, it starts howling there in Wyoming. But uh, I can definitely tell you my heat stayed on for the most part 10, 11 <laughs> months out of the year. Because once it started to howl over that uh, over that mountain range, it really started to howl. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I want to take you back. Take you way, way back. So at what age did you start playing? It's, it's a dual question. So at what age did you start playing basketball? And at what age do you recall knowing that basketball was your future? Man, I picked up a basketball for the first time when my dad and my mom had moved us to California. Um, I was in the second grade. I was seven years old. And, uh, you know, it, it was something that was new and just but everybody else was doing. I never in a million years that I think it was something I was going to do long-term. And definitely I didn't think it was going to be something I was doing that uh, took me to college for free. Um, so I, it, it's, it's hard to say. I think right when I got maybe to the seventh grade, when I started being recruited by AAU teams, is when I really started to realize, hey, I can do something with this. And by the time I was a freshman, you know, it wasn't about going to the NBA for me. It was about going to college for free. And, you know, by the time I was a sophomore, I already had a bunch of offers to go to college. So I just wanted to get my education paid for. So my parents didn't have that burden on them. So it was, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a wild process. But, you know, basketball for me was a vehicle, honestly, just to make a better life for myself, not so much for the NBA, but from an education standpoint. Chris, I gotta jump in there. I don't wanna. I, I might be going a little back on what Chris talked about. It's okay. We got you off. You had me confused on that But um, I, I talked to a lot of kids. You know, I do a lot of camps and talk to them about. Um, they all say, you know, I wanna go to the best school. You know, like the, the uh, Oklahoma and Alabama. What made you pick Wyoming? I mean, because I picked Wyoming, like you said, I know. I go in there, I can play and start, you know. I had other colleagues like UCLA, but do you, do you agree with that when you're picking a school, you know? Because you're before you started. And, hey, Wyoming has some good other players. Since then, but, right. you know, I got to let you know. I talked to CEO, let me say to all of them. I told you how I'm on the show. We all listen today. But they had a number of good words to say about you. I just got to let you know that. Yeah, no, you know what's funny is, you know, and obviously I coach college athletics now, and, so many times kids become enamored with the sexiness of the name on the front of the jersey. You know, I want to play in the Pac-12. I want to play in the Big Ten. I want to play in the SEC. And as I was going through my recruiting process and talking to my mom and dad, it became uh, very well um, acknowledged that you got to go to the school that wants you. you got to go to the school that is making you a priority. Um, and you can't get enamored with the sexiness of a bigger conference. I could have played in the Pac-12, but the chances are I probably would have had to sit for two years, and I wanted to play. What I try to tell kids is go where you're going to have a long rope, a long leash. What, what I mean is this. Yeah, you can go to a bigger conference, but they're going to recruit kids that are just as good as you. So when you make a mistake, you're going to get yanked out the game. Go to a school, whether it's a mid-major or a low-major, where – you have a long rope. So if you screw up, it don't matter. Your talent is that, that the coach has got to keep you in the game in order for that team to win. So you can put up numbers and have a chance to make a name for yourself. It drives me absolutely nuts to see kids sign at a school that's too high a level, and in a year they wind up transferring. It, it doesn't make any sense. But I also get it 
you know, kids fall in love with the fact that, hey, I want to go again to the Pac-12, you know, the Big Ten, the SEC. It's hard to turn those things down because so much comes with it. Uh, the way they travel, how they eat, the facilities, the weight room, the football team. So it's a hard thing for an 18-year-old kid to turn down. And then when you have parents that aren't really knowledgeable on the recruiting process, they'll let their son or daughter go to a school that's not the right fit for them. And it ultimately hurts that kid because they go there and don't play and wind up transferring. So it's a, the recruiting process is a very slippery slope. Um, you know, I encourage all parents and all kids to do their homework and, again, go to a school that, is, uh, that wants their son or daughter, um, that's making them a priority, and that's going to allow their son or daughter to grow uh, both on and off the court. Hey, Kay, and, before you go, let me, let me jump in. I'm going to let you like Chris. Let me, I got one. You said something important. I want him to talk about that a little bit more. Chris, talk about more uh, when you said, I want to know how much influence your, your parents had for your so, I know uh, my parents are not knowledgeable about the sports world, so when I was going to pick an agent <coughs> or a pro, you know, I picked the wrong one, the one I wanted. My mom was like, no, no, they weren't knowledgeable. But tell me how that was so important to you. You say you talk to your parents and, you know, explain that. When you're now with kids and the parents and all that. You know what, love? My, my parents were, were very heavily involved in my recruiting process um, from the very beginning. You know, now, today's day and age is so much different because you have AAU coaches and runners and agents so involved with the recruiting process and you have the shoe wars going on. You know, my mom and dad weren't going to let that happen. Um, my dad is, I'm not going to say he's controlling, but, you know, I got two parents that are going to run their household the way they want to run it. So um, as I was going through the recruiting process and as I wrote down the things I wanted from a school, it was very simple. You know, my dad and mom are like, this is what you said you wanted. This school is offering, offering to you. Why would you look anywhere else? Um, and a lot of kids don't do that. And a lot of parents don't do that, you know, for whatever reasons. And I encourage all parents to sit down with your son or daughter, write down the pros and cons of each school, write down what your goals are, write down what you want, and then make a decision based on that. If you do that, you'll find that the school that you think you want to go to is actually not the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. That, okay. that, that's, those are some, some good, good sound advice. And I, I know that you, you've seen both sides of it now, you know, not only as a player but as a coach. You get to see both sides, so you're able to influence a little bit more, I think. No question. And, and for me... The, the, the thing that's hard for me now as a coach, and, you know, I had a conversation last night with uh, my girlfriend and her family. You know, I wish I could go back in time as a 36-year-old now and talk to my 18-year-old self. I would work so much harder. Not that I didn't work hard then, but I would spend so much more time in the gym and studying film and things like that. Yeah. I try to tell my kids college is going to go by so fast. You're going to blink, and it's going to be over, and you're going to walk across that stage with a degree, and all of a sudden, you know, you're not getting your trips paid for anymore. You're not getting meals paid for anymore, and you've got to go out there in the world and fend for yourself. So I told my guy, listen, I hope you go to the NBA. I hope you go overseas and make a lot of money. But what I hope more than anything is that you get your degree and that while you're here, you gain contacts of people that are in positions to give you jobs in the world solely based on who you are. Because 
that's what this whole thing is about, relationships. Who you know will get you a job. Yep. You know, and, 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 and kids don't realize that because they're so fixated on, I want to go to the NBA, I want to go to the NFL, I want to be a pro golfer. That's all good and fine. But the relationship building on your way to the top is the same relationships you're going to need when you need a real job if and when you don't make it to the uh, professional level. Yeah. True. You said something real good. I mean, I don't want to say just because that is true. You know, like I was um, telling somebody, you know, why everybody that when you say Philadelphia love you, I was a locker room person because back in those, I might need them, like you say, the relationship, you might need a job or you might need you go out of town to visit. They had to come to my house. They get that relationship or they don't want, they ain't going to answer your call. Right. No, there's no question about it. You know, it's like, you know, the position I'm in now, I work for the guy that I played for in college. And if I didn't have a relationship with him, this would have never happened for me. If I had been a bad kid, if I had been a kid that was always late, if I had been a kid that was disrespectful. It's amazing. Yeah, that, I, that I, I do have a question about me. that down, you know, here in a little bit. But you know, I wanted to talk about that. You know, how, how is it? But we'll 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 bring that up in in a bit. But what I want to talk about is when you went to school in Brea, California. You know, and basically during your senior year, you led your high school team to a twenty-four and five record. During your sophomore and junior years, your team went undefeated in conference games. Yeah, that's pretty impressive considering you were in a very competitive conference. So right. let me ask you this. Was Coach Lloyd, was he that great of a coach, or were the players there that talented? <laughs> you know, I, it, it, it's funny. As a college coach now, you, you know, you, you always want to bet on the guy that has the best. You know, you say, oh, he's a great coach. More times than not, the, the, the team that wins is the guy who has the best players. Um, now, Coach Lloyd, he was a really good coach, but he also has some really good players. And uh, a guy named Sean Wink went to Northwestern. Jason Strebars went to Montana State. Uh, we had a guard named Kyle Dodd who went to Arizona State. So when we essentially had four Division One players on one team in that league, uh, our success was inevitable as long as we prepared the right way and, uh, and, and did things the right way every single day. So no knock on Coach Lloyd. He did a great job, you know, putting really good players together and, a little bit of luck was involved because we were all really talented and we all wanted to, to win. Good. Go ahead, Kay. Ask me again. What's right. working? So, so you were talking about being recruited. Um, so, and, 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 why, and why you went to Wyoming. So you already answered that question, but I, I want to bring up the fact that you were not only recruited by, heavily by Wyoming, but Pepperdine, San Diego State, and San Jose State. Those are, those are no slough schools that you were recruited by. That's true, and, and, and University of Washington and Washington State. Um, you know, like I say, the, the, the biggest thing for me, and, and I've only told a few people this story, um, now I'm telling you, obviously, on, on the air, but so the way I got to choose in Wyoming was their mascot is the Wyoming Cowboys. And so we're sitting down going through the recruiting process with my dad and my mom, and, you know, my dad comes and tells me a story, and he's like, hey, listen, hey, just so you know, when your grandfather was buried, there was a picture of you buried with him, and in that picture, you were wearing a cowboy outfit next to a horse. Hmm. And so when I heard that, for me, it was, you know, man, this is just the right thing to do. It's fate, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I made my decision essentially based on the fact, one, 
they made me a priority. And two, um, that picture of me as a little boy dressed as a cowboy and their mascot being a cowboy. Uh, once I put the two together, I actually called with my mom and dad sitting there in the kitchen and committed to Wyoming that day. Yeah. That, that, that's good. So w- when you came to Wyoming, I know that Larry Shiat, he had, he had recruited you to play at Wyoming. He that's left correct. prior to you starting. And then right. you ended up playing for Steve McLean, who is now, you know, your, your boss, presently your right. boss. So how did that affect you playing, playing at Wyoming at the beginning <laughs> that you had recruit, been recruited by one coach, but you played by, with another that you don't even know anything about? Right. Well, if you've never met Steve McLean, so he's got a uh, – I was going to open up my recruitment again when everything went down in March or April of 1998, which, I mean, God, it seems like forever ago now, almost you know, 20 years ago. Um, but when Coach McLean came in and talked to me, you know, his energy is infectious. At the time, I think he was 38 years old, and uh, he just talked about winning. He talked about building a program and a tradition, and he wanted me to be a part of it. And quite honestly, I believed him. You know, I, I knew what they had um, at the point guard position at that time. I thought I could come in and play right away, never in my wildest dreams that I think I would start for four years. But um, in talking to Coach, he was he was an extension of my, my dad. You know what I mean? I looked up to him. He was super high energy, and I wanted to be a part of that. You know, he wanted to play really, really fast and try to score 100 points a game. That fit perfect for what I did. And uh, it just worked out well. It was a great relationship, you know. And obviously, fast forward now, you know, 18 years, here I am now working for him on a, a college basketball staff. It's amazing how things come full circle. Yeah, absolutely. And we have our guest, Chris McMillan. Did I say that right, Chris? Yeah, I'm still here, my man. All right. Well, Chris, I got to say something before we go our next question. Uh, I was telling Chris the other night, um, I got an interview on Tuesday for this little radio, TV show job, and they asked me for two interviews. I interviewed Tony Dorsett, Hall of Fame for the Cowboys. I told him that interview I want, and I'm doing this one. Because what I do is all my guests on that, you know, I love them, they do it. But I knew you was going to, you know, come out and tell how you made it and all that. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's what I wanted them to hear. So I'm using this one, too. How does that sound to you? I, I, I didn't hear the last part of that question, James. I'm sorry. I'm using this, and this is my second one I'm using for them to listen to. You know, but because I know, you know, when I talked to you a long time ago, you know, you've been there, you played there, you coach, and you know the ins and outs, you know? So that's what, right. you know, and, and I'm using this for one of my, you know, things for the job because I know, you know, talking to you, they were like, well, damn, you know, he's talking about <laughs> Right. I don't know, you know. That's why I got K with me, Chris. You know what I'm saying? All right. <laughs> no, I got Don't you, forget man. It. I got you. <laughs> but no, I really respect you. And like I said, I talked to uh, I got a hold of you with Reggie Slater, and they was like, oh, yeah, carry him out. All of them are good things. I'm telling you. But let's get back with the question, Chris. Uh, Chris, you know, um, you went and coached um, Juco. I mean, you've been there and you've been all that. Tell me what's the difference with all these, like University, Division One, Two, Three, Juco. What do you see the difference in players and you know that and, and their attitude? The difference, I would say, you know, there's not much difference. I've only been at one junior college. Um, I was at the College of Southern Idaho, which is 
a junior college powerhouse. It's, you know, the top Juco in the country. Um, my first job in the business was at Centenary College, which is in the Summit League. And my first year there, they were actually transitioning to go to Division III. Um, but I basically took whatever job I could just to get my foot in the door. So the players that we had there, they weren't very good. But for me, it was just a stepping stone job. You know, didn't pay very much money, which I was okay with because I knew I wouldn't just be a coach. I knew I had to sacrifice. Um, from there, when I was at Hawaii, we were actually a really good team. Uh, you know, we, we finished in the top half of the league each of the years I was there. Um, I worked for a guy named Gib Barnum, who's no longer there, but uh, we were really, really good. You know, it was a great experience. Uh, it was 85 and sunny every single day, which, you know, nobody can be mad at. But, uh, there you, go. you know, there you go, when, when, when you're coaching, you quickly find out you can't stay in one place too long. You know, you've got to kind of keep progressing. So uh, people kind of looked at me funny when I went from University of Hawaii to CSI because I was going from Division One to junior college. But for me, it was a strategic move. I knew I wouldn't be there long. And, you know, even when I was at CSI, junior college, there's some really good players at that level. They just didn't qualify academically. So, uh, being at CSI was nice because we had really, really good players. I got to make a ton of contacts with Division One coaches. Um, I got a chance to recruit, you know, be on the road and things like that. So it was really fun. Um, being at CSI, though, was a lot like being in a Division One program. Um, from the budget, from how they pay, it was very similar, you know, to being in a Big West or a Big Sky type conference. Um, now here being at UIC with the guy that I work for, it's a mid-major school. Chicago is a hotbed. Uh, we're going to be really good this year, and we're going to turn this program around. And, you know, for me, I'm still, even though I'm 36, consider myself a pretty young guy. And when you're coaching, you've got to be willing to pick up and go anywhere as you progress through this profession. And that's what I'm willing to do. Um, it's, it's hard, you know, on the ones you love and things like that, but it's a sacrifice that I'm going to have to make, you know. So, there's not a huge difference from being in Hawaii to being at UIC other than the weather, you know, because now you're going from 85 and sunny to in the wintertime in Chicago. You know, if you leave the window open, you come home, it could be frozen open. I know, I know about Chicago. I grew up there, so you're in trouble, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, man. My first year there, I had to get used to it for sure. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Chris, before um, Kay asks you a question. Um, uh, when I was coming out, I had to go to JUCO, too, because my grades. When I was coming out from the JUCO, I had so many schools. I had Division One, Two, Three. What would you say to a kid coming out, you know, because some people are like, I want to play Division One. Everybody want to play Division One. You know, what would you say, like, because I had Weber State. I had, you know, I went to Boise. They had me. I had, you know, but I was like, oh, I ain't going to play in the Division Three. I can't get looked at or whatever, but. What would you say about that, you know, with a kid, you know, trying to decide a school like that? Would you say, okay, go to Division Three if you're going to play or go to, you know what I'm saying? What would you say, Chris? Well, essentially, you're, you're betting on yourself. You know, if you feel like deep in your heart you're, you only have Division Three offers or NAIA, but you think you're better than that, then, yeah, bet on yourself. Go to a junior college where you can play and put up numbers and roll the dice, you know, maybe getting the Division One offer. But with rolling those dice, 
comes the fact of a harsh reality of maybe you're not as good as you think you are. Maybe that Division three offer is as good as you're going to get, and that's the way you should go. So I think that's an individualized conversation, depending on who the person is. You need to look in the mirror and sit down and figure out, hey, you know what, should I take this D3 offer? Should I go NAIA? Or should I bet on myself and roll the dice? You know, I, I would tell... I would tell the kid to follow your gut. If you feel like you're good enough, hey, go for it. But also understand, with going for it comes the consequence of you're not good enough of not having any options after your two years of junior college. So, you know, it's just it's it's one of those things, man. It's the harsh reality kids don't want to ever come to the realization of, you know, am I as good as I think I am? You know, if you are, then good things will happen. But if not. Again, you can be faced with the harsh reality of being very, very disappointed. Let, let me let me ask you this, Kay. Uh, hold on, I'm just give out. I'm gonna let you roll it, Kay. But um, all right, I was the same way, and I always thought I'm better than everybody. That was me. Right. But when I had UCLA, I'm like, hell, I can't play UCLA. But I thought I was good. I mean, I thought I was the best. I was like, I ain't gonna go UCLA because it was too because I'm not gonna play. I might sit out two years. I went to the gym club, but you know. How do you, you differentiate that from, damn, I know I'm good. I won't, won't, don't want to say I'm not good enough to play here, but if I go there, you know what I'm saying? How do you do that, Chris? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? No, I get it. It's hard, man. It's really, really, really hard, and, and, and I wish I had a, I wish I had the right answer for you. But with, the, with saying all that, all I can say is this. You go through life, and as you get older, you experience a lot of things. And you get to a point where you want to go back and you want to tell your younger self, hey, do this thing differently. What I tell a kid is this. Go to a school for sure that you know you're going to play at. And if you're not happy there in a year or two and you're just putting up crazy numbers, that UCLA or that Pac-12 or whatever school is still going to be there if you're good enough. It's still going to be there. So I just hope that kids don't ever go to a school to where they put themselves in a situation to where they can't succeed to where it's not possible. Because as you go through the recruiting process, what kids don't realize is this. They were recruiting somebody else before you, and they didn't get them. And then they went to you. Or maybe they went to two more guys they didn't get, and then they went to you just to fill a hole. So you never really know who really wants you, which is why I tell kids, you go to the school who wants to bring you in the first week of the recruiting period because that they're making you a priority. And you go to a school of the coaches that work the hardest to get you. If you do that, if you follow those principles, you'll be fine. Hmm. I, 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 like, I like the way you say that because like a, lot that of, a lot of kids wouldn't, probably, wouldn't, probably wouldn't listen, but you know, the ones that will, they, they'd go far with that. So that's right. very good, very good words of wisdom. So That is right. because that would make me pick Wyoming, what he just said, you know. I mean, <laughs> you should have went anywhere. Wyoming is the best school ever. You know that. Yeah, yeah. That is true. I'm not going to lie to you. That's what made me sit down and think while I was sitting down there, you know. And Man, what you're saying just hitting home right now. I'm about ready to right. Go ahead, Chris. All right, Chris. So, so this this is called the, the show is this is your life. So right. we're going to take you back again. For two consecutive seasons, you were named the Sporting News College Basketball Magazine's best playmaker in the Mountain West Why Conference prior to the start of the season. Okay, 
With that notoriety, do you feel that teams and or individual players wanted to challenge you when they came on the court? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Somebody had to talk shit to you while you were playing again. You know, I don't – players look at that. You know, I can remember going with a couple teammates. You go pick up Athlon and Sporting News and those magazines. But you more so looked at, like, the preseason all-conference teams. You know, being called the best playmaker or the best player under six foot in the conference, I can't say there was a target on my back because we had some really, really good players on my team. Um, but I, I would say for sure that as a team, you know, we got everybody's best shot for sure. There ain't no doubt about it. Uh, but for me to say there was a target on my back, I never felt that way. But there very well could have been. You know, I just tried to go out and play as hard as I could every single day and and just hope my team came out with a victory. Okay, James, before you go on, I, I want to read my, my, the next question I have because it goes hand-in-hand hand with this, for saying, saying that you didn't have a target on your back. So, Chris, you know as well as I do that when you left Wyoming, you left a mark on, 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 on the whole board of, 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 your, of your skills. You were ranked number four on the Wyoming career assist list with 434 assists, number eight on the career stills, uh, with 136, and then you also rank number seven on the single season assist list, and with 130, and number ten on the single season steals list uh, with with 52. So you can't tell me with that kind of skills that you didn't have targets that people didn't want to challenge you. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm sure. They, yeah, I'm sure. Maybe it was more so the guys that were backing me up. You know, the backup point guards challenged more than anything, but. You know, I, I I can't say for sure. I can't think of one rivalry against the point guard where I felt like, man, this guy is really going to come after me like there's a target on my back. I genuinely can't do that. But I will say this, you know, and being in college and, you know, you mentioned the stats you just mentioned, I was out there playing, having fun, man. Again, we had so many good players. I think guys were more so focused on Wyoming as a whole because we got to a point where we were really good than they were just coming at me because I had a guy named Ugo Desaway who was, if he didn't hurt his knee, was a pro. Marcus Bailey, who if he didn't hurt his knee, was a pro. Josh Davis was a pro. I had guys who were much better than me on that team who guys were going after. I was just a small piece to a very, very big puzzle. But their names are not on those uh, lists. Well, their, names are on, their names are on other lists, though, whether it be rebounds or whatever, points, whatever it is. Their names are on other lists, and they're a much bigger piece, trust me when I say this, um, to those wins than I was. Um, they're a really, really good player. So while I'm, I'm grateful and honored, you know, to even still be on a list like that, I had no idea I was, but uh, it's, it's definitely something uh, that can make you smile. Yeah. Hey, Chris, was Marcus Bailey from Nebraska? Marcus Bailey was from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, wow. Jeffrey. Homegrown. He's a doctor Homegrown. now. But, yeah, let's, let's, let's move on. Christy. You know, Kate's trying to work you out. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful now. Chris, you know how it is when uh, you, you got a teammate, like you say, y'all had, you had a good year and your stats is unbelievable. I don't know how you keep talking about it. You were just. You were good. So stop playing that right. game. Me and Chris are bragging. Me and King are bragging. <laughs> you know, you ain't got to do it. We got to do it. But um, 
And, you know, you had, like, a, a good relationship with players and teams now that they still talk good about you. What did you do? I mean, did you, I mean, you know, you see how kids get in college, you look at, I got to go to football, Germans, now they come out, he's young, get in trouble. You weren't in trouble, man. You didn't do all that. What do you have to do when you're in college to keep yourself focused on, you know, because you are still a kid, right? Not a kid, but, you know, but you got to have fun in college. What did you do? Because you never was in nothing. All the players still respect them and, and talk good about you. No, that's a great question, man. And you know what? I was, unlike a lot of kids today, sadly, you know, I grew up in a two-parent household. I was very blessed. You know, I have an older sister who, you know, is one of my best friends. Um, I had a foundation that a lot of kids don't have today. Like, I grew up knowing right from wrong, and sadly, a lot of kids don't know right from wrong. You know, they don't come home to a mom and dad every single day. They don't come home to a dad that, you know, if you don't do your chores, he'll come grab you out of practice, no matter what the case is, and make you do your chores. You know, they didn't come home with a mom that would crack the whip. So for me, I grew up different than a lot of kids. And what I would say to kids that that don't have that, you know, that don't maybe have a mom and dad in the house, what I would say, you know right from wrong. You know what your goals are. You know how you got to act. You need to act accordingly and assume somebody is watching 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you do those things, you'll be successful in life. And if you don't and you want to try to cheat the system or lie or whatever it is or steal or commit a crime, eventually you're going to get caught. So have fun in college. That's what it's for. Go out. Be wild. Be crazy. But do things with the right intention and do things knowing that somebody could be watching and if somebody catches you, you could squander your opportunity. And you don't want to do that. Because he still doesn't answer my question. <laughs> I to Theo Rattler. Theo played 16, some years in the day. Reggie Slater played in the NBA. I can't remember my year. Terry Matt, all these guys I spoke with had nothing but praise for you. What the heck did you do? I mean, come on, be honest with yourself. You have a <laughs> You know what, I, I try to be a good person, man. You know, today coaches call us shaking hands and kissing babies. Yeah. When I met people, I looked them in the eye. I said hello. I said yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You know, I, I was respectful because yeah. I knew I probably wasn't going to play in the NBA, which is – Okay, which... hey, I'm cut out. Can you hear me, Kay? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. He cut off. Do you hear him? Yeah. Do you hear him? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Well, let's just go to a break and then maybe we get him back. Sounds good to me. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I'm going back, 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 back. I guess hey, it's a family to me. Um, you know what I mean, Casey? I do know. Yeah, and I'm still mad I'm about Hawaii with me. <laughs> That's all right, bro. I'll get over it. Let me get over it. <laughs> now he's asking that cold at Chicago, so I'm glad now. Chris, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just want to reiterate again. Like I said, uh, I'm going to do another show. But uh, you know, all the point guard from the University of Wyoming came out. Um, John Ben, uh, Kenny Smith, and uh, you're right there. You're there. And, uh, I love it, man. I would love to be that. part of that show. Man, you, you are part of it because you're part of all the history. You're one of, one of the best. Am I right, Kenny? Yeah, he's, he is one of the best. Absolutely. came Chris, out of school. Chris, I'm going to tell you, when I do the show, I had Chris look up every day. She do her homework, and she's like, man, he was good. She do her homework, trust me. I do. I I, I, I I find things out about people that they don't even they want hidden, and I'll find it. Yeah, no. She goes, <laughs> That's scary. You know, Chris Biden's toenails. What's that? She's like, you know, Chris Biden's toenails. Like, I didn't you know that. <laughs> you know, like, you know, we need the baby. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> one of these days, I'll post pictures of you. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I love it. Okay. I love it. Go ahead, Chris. You said that second. Then we got. I got a question with NBA Boston. Beautiful. All right, Chris. So we we talked a little bit about you know you now coming to University of Illinois, you know, and and you're now playing with University your former Chicago. coach. You are. You know, sorry, right. sorry. University of Illinois at Chicago. I, let me put that word in there at Chicago. Right. Right. Um. So so you're now working with your former head coach, Steve McClain. Right. How, was there an adjustment to go from being a former player to now an assistant men's basketball coach with him? 
Uh, no, there wasn't an adjustment. By the time I got with Coach McClain, I had been in the business now for five or six years. So it was just another job. You know, it was, it, it was, it was fun. You know, you can't put a price tag, or I can't tell you how important it is working for somebody that you trust and care about. You know, I've won championships with Coach McClain. I've known him for almost 20 years. Again, he was an extension of my dad. You know, he was hard on me and tough on me, but I knew he cared. So um, it was fun. He takes really, really good care of me, you know, and I know we're going to get this thing turned around. It's going to be uh, beneficial and advantageous to both of our careers um, and everybody involved with the program. So it's been a blast. I can't complain. Um, UIC is definitely on the rise, and we're going to do some really, really special things. I can't wait to start seeing, seeing things in, in headlines in ESPN. Oh, me either. That'd be really good. <laughs> hey, Chris, I have a question what you just said. You know, I spoke to, and I've been in this business, I did this show for six years now, Chris, okay? Six yep. years, a little bit, right over six years. And I've been all over. I've been here, here, applied for jobs, met a lot of people. A lot of people um, talk sports and, and never played it. You know what I'm saying? Right. They can talk it and look at it on TV, but you played it. We know we know the inside and all. That's what's right. good, and that's what I want to ask you. You can relate to the players, right? Because you played it, and you know. You know what I'm saying? That's why I love having you on it. Because people will sit there and watch first take and Mike and Mike all they want and get you know and look at the staff. But when you play it, you've been in the locker room. Am I right, Chris? Right. No, you're absolutely right, man. It, it's amazing, you know, players today. You know, you can tell them to do something, but then if you can go out there and actually demonstrate it and do it really good, all of a sudden their ears perk up. And they're like, oh, man, I, I didn't know you were actually a good player. Like, you're not just telling me to do something you yourself can't do. You know, my primary my primary job now is I'm, I handle the strength and conditioning program for the team. So whenever I give my guys a lift to do, I'll always jump onto the bar and I'll do it. And they're always shocked. Like, man, I, I had no idea, Coach, but – it gives you credibility when you can either do it or you've done it yourself because then they know you're not just making something up. Well, I'm putting this so, on my show, Chris. I'm challenging you to a game of horse and the winner, <laughs> the loser got pay for dinner. Hey, Ruth, no, I got you. Chicago. So, so James, should I, should I start putting money aside for this? Best no, Chris, you better, okay, you better believe in me. You better believe in me. I got him. I got this. <laughs> Let me handle yeah, okay. this. I got him, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm going to start sticking money aside just, just in case. <laughs> well, Chris, we're going to shove into some NBA. Uh, okay. KD, left this team, you know, and you know how it is with a teammate there. It's like you was a wild man. You doing good, and you with the team. Got to try to win a championship next year. And then you go to, um, like, Utah or, you know, one of our Texas Pass right. in our conference. How do you think that feels for players? And then what do you think KD was thinking, um, Chris? You know what? Kevin Durant made a business decision. You know, he did what he felt was best for him. I've always thought he didn't like playing with Russell Westbrook. Um, Russell Westbrook is a high-risk, high-reward type player. And uh, I didn't think KD could win with him over time. And, you know, he made the decision that he felt like was best for him. And it was the right decision, quite honestly. Um, you know, there's, there, there's friends in this business and then there's, there's about business business and KD made the right business decision for him, for his career long-term. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. So, you know, they, they, they've listed the NBA champion projections are out, like, for next year. They already have right. them. So right. the top five is number one is Golden State Warriors, number two Cleveland Cavaliers, three is the Spurs, four are the Clippers, and five is the Boston Celtics. Right. So of this list, are there any surprises? I think Boston being on there is a big surprise, but mm-hmm. Brad Stevens has done an unbelievable job with the Celtics. You know, they just acquired some more lottery picks. He's a very, very good coach. Um, I don't think they have a shot. I think the championship definitely goes through either Cleveland or uh, or Golden State for sure. Um, but to hear Boston on that list is a definite surprise. Right. So are, were there any teams you think that were left off that should have been in the top five? Mm. No, I think those are – well, the top three for sure should be on there. Um, I think the Clippers aren't going to be – they're just going to be okay, you know. They're they're not going to ever make any real real noise. I don't think. Um, other than that, yeah, I would say those are the the main teams for sure. Okay. All right, Chris, James. I got one for you. I got an email in from a young man. Always look at my email during the show and try to get one. This one is from Robert Jackson. He is out of uh, Wisconsin. Ooh. Um, listen to the show. I have a question. I have four schools recruiting me, Alabama, Florida, LSU, Eastern Illinois. Alabama, Florida, LSU taught me there I am on a depth chart. I will be two players behind. Eastern Illinois, I will start. What school should I pick? Do I look at education or playing time? I mean, how does the person really answer that question? You know, like I said before, it, Here's the principles that I use when, 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 that I think kids should use when picking a school. Take the name off the front of the jersey. They're all Division One schools. Go to where you're going to play. From a degree standpoint, unless you're getting a specialized degree, whether it be business or, um, uh, or you want to get something in, 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 in medical, whatever it is, a degree is a degree essentially because you're going to get communications or psychology, whatever it is. You've got to choose the school where you're a priority, where they're telling you you're going to play, and where you know for a fact you can step in and make an impact. Now, he's got three super high majors, it sounds like, and then like a mid-major. That, that's a tough decision, you know, because I've seen the facilities at all of those schools, and it's night and day. It's night and day. So, you know, for a guy like that, quite honestly, he's got to just sit down and figure out, hey, listen, if I go to a school like LSU or Alabama, am I really going to play or am I going to sit and wind up transferring anyway to a school like the Illinois school that you mentioned? So for, for that question, again, I would just follow the principles. Write down what you want. Write down what your goals are. What degree do you want? And then figure it out from there. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say I was going to stand up and give you an applaud because that's that's yeah. very true. I mean, you you can't tell him exactly where he needs to go, but your principles are right on point. Right. But but let me ask you this: and we know how. I mean, I don't know how basketball works, but football. If you go to a USC, uh, uh, Alabama, if you even sniff the field, everybody saying your coach is coming to your house. You know, how coach is coming to your house with a friend. I get you pro. I get you pro. You know what I'm saying? Right. What do you do, Chris? I mean, they come in. You're looking at. I want to go pro because everybody want to go pro, Chris. You know that. Everybody want to no. go pro. 
They they do. And you know what? It's it starts in the home. It starts with the AAU coaches and the mom and dad. The percentages say it's a three percent chance you're gonna play in the NBA or go to the NFL. So no matter what that coach is telling you in terms of you going pro, the chances of it happening are still slim. You can get hurt. You could be academically ineligible. There could be other players there in front of you. There's so many deciding factors. You can have a bad team. Um, so honestly, what I say to kids is, I know you want to be a pro. I get that. But you got to take being a pro out the equation sometimes. you got to go to a school to where, one, you get your school paid for for free, get a good education, and two, a school. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Do we lose them? I'm not lost to begin. Uh-oh. Quite far back in here. Did he, did he lose him there? Okay. Well, let's just right. close up. Well, Chris, uh, Kate, yeah, we on a great show. Uh, we get him back on, you know. I lost you guys. Oh, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Well, we got to close up, but uh, while we close up, you know, we're going to get you back on, Chris. But okay. I'd like to end, you know, what would you tell a young kid that's coming up and going to school? And so, what would you say? What would I tell the kid about what? Just any young kid that come out of the neighborhood or what? What would you tell them about anything in life, about sports or, or the world? Here's what I would say, and this goes to whether you're in business or whether you're playing sports or whatever goal you have, there's 168 hours in a week, roughly. If you spend 40 working and 40 sleeping, that's 80 hours. So if you're not at work, maybe it's school, whatever it is, okay? If you take another 20 hours from miscellaneous stuff, eating, hanging out, whatever, social media, that leaves you 68 hours in your week to focus on your goal. What are you doing in those 68 hours to get to where you want to be in life? Most kids these days are playing video games or on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or they're out and about or they're drinking or they're partying. If you really want to be a pro, if you really want to be a CEO, if you really want to be your project manager, what are you doing in those dead hours to get where you want to be? And you're going to find that most people aren't doing anything. We're going to get you back on, Chris, definitely. I've got your number now. Sounds Thank good, you, man. man. I appreciate you. All right, Chris, it's been great you, talking man. to you. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks, man. Bye. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.